You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that's not being recorded in Belfast. I am Faisal Merikan and with me are Nicholas John and Karami Kamil. Now at the time of recording, we're coming to the end of the first week of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. There have been highs and lows. First up, let's go to badminton. There's been heartbreak for most of the squad. Our mixed doubles pair of uh, Chan Peng Sun and Go Liu Ying, they didn't get past the group stage, uh, registering three consecutive defeats. Rosalind Hashim said that age may have been a factor in the results and this affected their strength and agility. Meanwhile, Liu Ying also mentioned that she was carrying an injury, right Karam? I think she was carrying a knee injury that has been bothering her for some for quite some time. Yeah, uh, a knee injury and age. I, I think it was a, a combination of all these factors, you know, age, injury and and just, you know, things not going their way. I mean, they did well in the last Olympics, but that was five years ago. So you, you have to account for form deteriorating over time and all that. Lah. And we need to take into account that since the pandemic hit, there's so much of uh, of tournament that's, that, that was held again. So that was cancelled, you mean? That, that was cancelled, yeah, sorry. Mm. Without having many events to play, especially when you get older as an athlete, It, it will affect your performances. And and they are pro shuttlers as well, right? So would it be, be correct to assume that they don't have access to the same kind of facilities that the rest of the BM uh, shuttlers have access to? You can say that, but specifically for this Olympics and with the pandemic, with the MCO in power, uh, KBS did allow them to train with the national team. So I'm pretty sure that they, they were well prepared for this Olympics, but... It, it just wasn't their, their tournament because the way they lost, they lost in rubber games to the Hong Kong pair. I think they did okay in that match, but losing straight set to the German pairs, uh, that was quite a shock to me. Before we continue, uh, there's something that we have to talk about. It's the abuse that uh, Peng Sun Liu Ying and other athletes got on social media. I mean, it's a crying shame. No matter what happened, you know, they went there, they did their best, and unfortunately, they came up short. So it's not an excuse to flood them with all sorts of abuse. Lah. Uh, it's got to a point where the chef de mission, Lee Chong Wei, had to issue an actual statement, basically telling people to... Put down your keyboards and be nice. I'm sure both of you agree this uh, kind of behavior cannot be tolerated. I mean, we're not England football supporters after all. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you, you're right. It, it's simply not acceptable. Uh, and like what Chong Wei was saying that, you know, no athlete goes out there to lose, you see. And, and you go out, you give your all. Sometimes things just don't work out. Uh, as athletes, I think you do have to accept some degree of scrutiny because you're you're like you know public figures and all that but when it involves personal attacks and things like this it is just it's it's simply just not cool yeah yeah but i think we are in that era that kind of era again media social social media where people can say anything they want to say regardless of others feelings or regardless with the ethics of being on social media and chong wei issuing that i think is the best thing to do because he himself had faced those kinds of issues during his heyday. 
And he was undoubtedly one of the best athletes that Malaysia have produced in badminton. So if Chong Wei, one of the best in the world, faces those kind of abuses, you don't expect other athletes to be spared from this. Can that's my take lah. But back to your point, it's still not nice. We should not be doing that lah. Yeah, exactly. As Nick said, I mean. It's okay to criticize, but a line has to be drawn, and people have to be aware that there is a line. Also, like like Kara mentioned earlier, you know how it, it seems to be something that 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 is becoming prevalent in the social media age. We're seeing it uh, happen with a lot of the footballers in the Premier League. Uh, We're seeing it, it happen with uh, Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles as well when they pulled out of their events. I don't know why, but they see it fit to you know say all these things while hiding behind their their computer screens and their mobile phones, and it's just not right. I'm not sure about you, but I think if this continues, we could reach a point where. Uh, where the police could be involved to uh, act against the most heinous abuses. I mean, um, like what's uh, going on in the UK, lah. Do you think that we could actually see people actually being arrested for such abuse? I think we can, based on the patterns that the social media is going on right now. Because re- really, um, there are no filters, you know, from these kind of people who gives these kind of comments. Uh, I really don't get it why they do that. I I don't know, man. It's just it's just beyond my thinking. Uh, maybe we're just too old, dude. <laughs> I don't get this social media. What's all this social media <laughs> yes. about? Anyway, nicely put, gentlemen. Um, there was more heartbreak in the women's doubles. Uh, Chao Mingyuan and Li Mingyan also exited the group stage with two defeats and a win. Nick, your take? Uh, I think it was quite nice uh, that they. Ended their campaign at the Olympics on a high. Uh, they they beat that pair from UK. Am I the the British players, yes, from right? The, from yeah, the British. Yes, and it was quite a solid performance as well. So a uh, nice way to to end their campaign in Tokyo. I feel uh, it was heartbreaking because at the end of that match of the Great Britain match, both of the players, uh, Chao Mingyuan, Li Mengyan, they break into tears and. I'm not sure whether I heard it correctly because I think uh, one of them said that this is their last time together or something like that. I'm just speculating here. I, I might be wrong because one of them just like give a hint that this is the last time they're together and they need to move on. So I think it was Mei Kwan uh, who might be retiring or having an injury. I'm I'm not sure. So Li Mengyan came out and said. Uh, I need to move on from here, and we did our best. Thanks to the, all the Malaysian fans who supported them, and it's been a struggle for them to get to the Olympics itself. They were actually happy that they made it. Unfortunately, they did not make it past the group stage. Same for Sonia Chia. Uh, she received a walkover in her first match, but was unable to get past Thailand's uh, Ratchanok Intanon. Uh, she did put up a good fight, and um, she said that playing in the Olympics is an achievement in itself because of her uh, well-documented injury problems. Yeah, yeah, she did. Um, it was a shame that she could not play in his in her first match against the Hungarian counterpart because uh, because of injury, but. She did absolutely well in her match against Rachanong Intanon. She won the first set and she put up a fight in the second set trying to win in straight sets. But Rachanong Intanon being a former world champion, uh, she just had more quality in the game. I think uh, Intanon just stepped up a gear and just blew by Sonia Chia in the third set. I, I'm wondering if the fact that she didn't play in her first game because she got that walkover, I'm wondering if that 
you know, maybe that that lack of a, a warm up had an effect on her performance against in in the second game. It could, it could. But to be honest, before coming into the Olympics, she wasn't in her best form in the Super Series or all the series that she played in the previous championship before the Olympics. She looks a bit lethargic, but. During this Olympic, she I think she was moving superbly. She played some world class badminton, and even Roslyn Hashim. I I talked to, I talked to Roslyn Hashim, and he was surprised with Sonia Chia's uh, performance again in the match against Intanon. Lee Zijia is also out. Um, he was knocked out in the last sixteen against Chen Long. His match against Chen Long was intense. The first set, he was playing like a man possessed. Yeah, and he gave everyone hope. You know, he 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 won that first set. It was so close in that second set, uh, and and really, I I don't know lah. Maybe it was a case of you know pushing too hard too soon, and then he kind of like you know punch it in the third set or something. But it was a good solid fight in the first two sets lah. I think the the injury that he had during the match played a part. He had an injury on his playing arm, right, on his dominant arm, uh, which led to Chen Long to dominate the second set before. Zijia put up a great fight. Unfortunately, lost. And in the third set, ah, uh, you can just see Zijia's body language. He looks like he know he can't win, but he was doing all his best to just put up a fight. It was heartbreaking, but he's still young. He's what twenty three, I guess. Mm. And it's his first Olympics, so yeah, I think it's bright days ahead for him. Yeah, and and I'm genuinely excited about you know what what's in store for for Zijia because can you imagine just in this year alone he has beaten. Kento Momota, he's beaten Victor Axelson. He won the All England. Uh, he playing in his very first Olympics, and you know he pushed the defending Olympic champion to three sets. So that's a heck of an achievement for such a young player. And, and you know, imagine this: you just give him like two or three more years to further develop, to mature as a player. He can be, I think, a world contender. He he can he can. And taking your point that. He's going to develop into that. It'll be great for the Malaysian badminton squad if they have more up-and-coming youngsters who would fight for that number one player in the in the single men's single category. You know, unlike during Chongwei's era, it was only Chongwei and who else was it with him? Iskandar Zulkarnain, I guess. Who's the other Chongwei? Chongwei Feng. Chongwei Feng. Chongwei Feng. Yeah, Chongwei Feng, which was miles apart from Chongwei. So if these up-and-coming youngsters can at least be a bit at par with Zija. I think it will be great for our badminton sports. Next up, Pandalela Rinong and Liang Manyi were unable to get their uh, medal in their event this week. Uh, Pandalela's reaction to one of the scores uh, that went viral. I mean, it is the <laughs> most Malaysian reaction ever. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it was, and it's it's funny how the reaction kind of got more attention than their than their result. Uh, but uh, it, it was just they started out pretty okay, and I think it was just one of those days where things just don't work out for them. In in the interview after after their their rounds were were finished, Pandilela, I think it, it was who said that they did everything like how they they did in training. You know, they they followed all the instructions, and it just didn't work out for them on the day. It's heartbreaking for Manyi, who was making her fifth appearance in the Olympics, if I'm not mistaken. She has won all the medals that she played in any championships except for the Olympics. So she was really 
hoping to get a medal this time around, but unfortunately, she did not. And she's in her mid-30s now. I'm pretty sure that before the Olympics, she has said that this could be her last year performing as a Malaysian athlete. If you watch the post-dive interview, you can see that Pandelila was, I don't know if she was mad at herself or mad at the judges, but she looked so mad that she could not even make eye contact with the interviewers. I like her mentality because I'm pretty sure she's going to bounce back in the individual event uh, next week. I, I hope that she does get a medal for Malaysia next week. No, Malaysians were also in action in swimming and um, it was not too bad actually. It, it wasn't, uh, especially for Fijing Jing our female athlete. He, she broke her own national record in the 100 meter breaststroke, but she finished second, I think. Yeah, second in her heats, correct. Um, she clocked 1 minute 8.4 seconds in the heat. Unfortunately, the time she recorded wasn't good enough for her to advance to the semi-finals. Yeah, but she was also one of these athletes, uh, Malaysian athletes, where we weren't really, you know, pinning any hopes on her, you know, to win a medal or anything. But to go there again on the biggest stage in the world to hit a personal best, a new national record, that's, you know, very impressive. And her time in the 200 meters breaststroke, uh, I think, was also a season's best, if I'm not mistaken. The interesting part to me, because before she participated in the 200 meter stroke, she actually admitted that she's not putting any hopes in that because she qualified as the last athlete mm. to qualify with the lowest time. So not her strongest event. Not her strongest event. And she was just like, uh, I'm just there just to do my best and it is not and she did her best she, she did, did her best because yeah, yeah. the season's exactly. best yeah. and she's only so, what 23 tw- tw- she's 23 and she's currently living in the United States so I think she has it all going on there looking forward to see what she has in store for us uh, at the next games and uh, in gymnastics uh, more heartbreak uh, for Farah and Abdul Hadi Karam uh, what's your take Heartbreaking, yes, but it was her first appearance in the Olympics. To be honest, it's very difficult. It's She has a slim chance, a very slim chance to win a medal in this category, in this sport, in this event. I think she was just unhappy with the way she performed at the, at the, at the event because she did say that she was in the individual all-around event. So I think she did great in the ball event, but she fumbled a little bit in the balance beam I think I'm not sure in one of the uh, one of the other events and I think she was very very upset with her landing in the few attempts and which caused her points to be lower than all the other athletes mm, but nevertheless I think if I'm not mistaken she finished 68th out of 80 plus uh, competitors which is quite impressive considering it's a first uh, Olympics and, and she was one of those uh, athletes as well who didn't have very many uh, competitive events leading up to the Olympics, right? Yeah, yeah, she was one of them. I think her her coach did say that they weren't putting any unrealistic targets such as winning medals. Her coach just said that she just want Farah N to do well, to just make as, to do as best less well. mistakes, and do her best, as mm. less mistakes as she can in all her routines. I think Farah N did well. Moving on to archery, Shakira Mashaikh. Uh, she was beaten in the first elimination round, but there's no arguing. There's a lot of positives from that. In the ranking phase, I think she posted her best ever personal uh, score. Yes, she did. Um, to highlight the, the feat that she made, she was only 21 years old and it's it's her first Olympic tournament. She was consistent in her in her scores, which, which was, I think, around 26 or 27 points in each set. But her counterpart from Russia yeah. did well, was definitely more experienced than her and have more pedigree under her belt. And mm-hmm. she just could not outperform her counterpart. Yeah, and also her Russian opponent um, won a medal the 
day before. So she had that going for her as well. If you hear her post-game interview, she was very upbeat about her performance. She was very happy. She did claim that she just wanted to do her best. She just wanted to compete with the best. No medals being targeted. And based on her reaction, I think she was very happy and she, she did well for her first appearance. Yeah, to, to hit a personal best, I think, at the Olympic Games, which is the, the, the highest level of competition, uh, with all that attention, with all that pressure, that's quite an achievement to, to, hit, your, to hit a PB like that, you know? All right, now, before we wrap things up, um, I just want to bring up this uh, interesting fact that I read recently. So this is what I learned uh, while researching the Olympics. Um, at the start of the modern games, there was actually an artistic... Olympic section, um, they had events for music, for uh, sculpture, painting, architecture, and town planning. Can you imagine that? Up until I think the mid-1940s, you could get an Olympic gold medal in uh, town planning. Now, I'm not saying that Malaysia could stand a chance, but <laughs> it was there. Town planning, I don't think we're even qualified for the Olympic Games. Depends on how you spin it. Like, I mean, no, our traffic jams are a feature, not a problem. Right. <laughs> Part of the charm. But I don't think any Malaysian would want to compete in those kinds of, of events. Let's say you guys, you were being approached, hey, you guys want to want to compete in at the Olympics for town planning? I can't. <laughs> I'm doing sculpture. <laughs> but But it goes to show how far the Olympic Games as a whole has, you know, developed and, and evolved. Now, we, you know, you've, you've got like the cream of the crop of like the elite athletes, all yeah. the elite athletes on the planet coming and competing together. Yeah. So, so I think as a, as a, like a visual spectacle for, for the people viewing at home, exactly, I think, yeah. yeah, we have it way better now than it used to be. <laughs> Can you imagine just watching like town planning event? Oh, look, at, <laughs> look at that. Great building, great, great management of town. Or the sculpture event, you know, they start today yeah. and then they finish like three months down the road. Ooh, it's a mischief. Ooh, he broke <laughs> the sculpture. Okay, that wraps it up for this episode. Now, um, there are plenty more Olympic events to go and Malaysians are still competing. So please give them all the support. Now, if you want to catch the Olympics, be sure to tune in to Astro's dedicated channels, both in HD and 4K UHD. Hashtag Sokol Malaysia. I've been Faisal Merikan. I'm Karami Kamil. And I'm Nicholas John. Goodbye, everybody. Stay safe.